the Eagle. 93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is Inside Columbia with Fred Berry. This city is my city, and I love it, yeah, I love it. Get ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And good Saturday morning to you. Glad to have you along with us. Uh, this is the CEO Roundtable Show. I'm Fred Perry. Uh, and every week we do, we interview uh, great movers and shakers who are uh, in the news in our community. And this week we are very thrilled to have Matt Moore, who is the CEO of Shelter Insurance. And uh, Matt, you've been in that job a couple of years now almost. Is that correct? Well, actually, the president CEO job, Fred, started in September of last year okay. uh, Rick, when Rick retired. But I had been president and chief operating officer, yes, for about two years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. good. So uh, you're no stranger to shelter insurance. But um, talk a little bit about it, if you don't mind. Just sort of, uh, it'd be great. Um, in the in the third segment of the show, we're going to talk about a program that, that uh, shelter insurance has been involved with uh, for quite some time now. But it's uh, really building diversity and in- inclusion uh, in their workforce. And they have a very uh, progressive program. Uh, uh, culture and a very progressive program that they, and we'll talk more about that as it kind of ties into sort of as we focus the last couple of weeks on the civil unrest in our communities but uh, just a, a local company who has a national presence that has really really making a big difference there and so we'll jump into that uh, in the third segment but talk a little bit about shelter's history here in columbia and, and how it got started and and uh, maybe some of the key historical benchmarks well thanks fred yeah so shelter started uh, with um the old MFA, Missouri Farmers Association, um, and uh, back in 1946, uh, they decided to form an insurance company. Uh, and so uh, that was founded, uh, and we will celebrate our 75th anniversary next year in 2021. Wow. Um, we started with one line of business. Uh, we now write 20 lines of business. Uh, we have over 2 million policies in force, about $6 billion uh, dollars uh, in assets under management. Uh, in 1981, uh, there was a switch. Uh, the uh, the company Shelter Insurance was formed, uh, and so it uh, it the departed the the MFA group, uh, and so we have now been Shelter for uh, for a long time. Hmm. Um, yeah. You know, it has been nice in the last few months, and uh, really the last couple three three years where we've really uh, had some real good dialogue with MFA and and tried to do some things together in a community because MFA is a is a big part of our background and so working with both MFA Oil and MFA Inc uh it's it's been good to kind of reengage uh that part of our history. Yeah, I think people um you know it's it maybe newcomers and a lot of people are newcomers to Columbia but they they really don't know or understand about the the agricultural heritage of our community and and when you when you think about agriculture it's still a big business here in 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 boone county but um you know you've had companies like mfa that have uh, really been uh strong strong players but uh spinning off shelter insurance uh it it actually became shelter in in what year was that uh man Uh, 1981 1981 yeah. yeah so um and i i I w- I'm sure that probably a lot of people don't 
understand the connection between these two companies, but uh, uh, it's, right. a, it's a great heritage. It really is. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, over at the Agricultural Park in the Farmer's Market, uh, the, the three of us went together and actually um, put some signs up together oh, uh, neat. To, to, yeah. to show that, uh, that, uh, that solidarity uh, between these, these groups. Yeah. yeah. Any uh, uh, significant plans uh, taking shape for your 75th anniversary? Yeah, you know, we we have we've got a committee together. We've had a committee together now for a little over a year. That's going to be led by Teresa Magruder, one of our executive vice presidents, and uh, they are planning all types of celebration throughout the year uh, that uh, we're going to try to uh, to do. You know, if, if COVID will give us yeah. the opportunity to do that, and I yeah. think it will. Well, uh, we are looking forward to that. When you uh, drive by the corporate headquarters of uh, Shelter Insurance uh, this spring, you you notice three things. One, uh, the incredibly beautiful orange tulips in the shelter gardens, uh, which really popped out this year. Uh, you see this gigantic new building that has uh, uh, come out of the ground. Uh, and then you see this empty parking lot next to uh, shelter insurance companies. And, and let's talk about the empty parking lot first. Uh, you guys were really the first company in Columbia to be very proactive about uh, preventing your employees from, from uh uh, contracting COVID. Talk about your efforts and when that all started. Well, it, uh, you know, if you think about it, it, it all hit us all so fast. Uh, but uh, we had uh, been, of course, watching uh, events uh, around just the world. And then, of course, when they kind of started in the United States. And so we have a, a an enterprise risk management group that uh, we actually kind of pulled together and a business, really a business continuity group of uh, sub uh, group of that, and we started doing some exercises just internally, just about what would happen, uh, but really didn't see, uh, you know, what was coming totally. And mm-hmm. but uh, the kind of started. Uh, we were having discussions, and then that Thursday, uh, March the twelfth, is that night is when we really made the decision that, you know, we, with being one of the larger employees here in town, with over. Uh, 1,200 employees in our home office, uh, we felt like that we needed to um, to get people out of the building and for their safety. Uh, and so uh, effective, really, Friday, I always say Friday the 13th, March the 13th, <laughs> yeah. is when we, we said, okay, uh, for those that can work from home, go. Uh, and we had really, this, this effort had really started two years ago. Uh, we had one of our... Um, uh, ERG groups, our employee resource groups called our, our, our SWAG group, which is Shelter Women, uh, they had kind of challenged us about working remote. And so we had already started some pilot processes through that. And and uh, and so then the following week, we just started gearing everyone up to do that. And so we're probably down. We've got 1,200 employees. We've probably got about 60 that just have some jobs that just have to be here, mm-hmm. uh, some of the processing and some of the things that we have to do, but uh, they're working in shifts and doing different things like that. Then we, we zoned off our building. That was another part of it. So with this bigger building, we've, we've put zones, and people have to enter a zone and leave a zone, and they're supposed to stay in their zone throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, that's been very effective for us. Uh, we've been very blessed uh, uh, so far. We knock on wood every day, every time we talk about it. But uh, we've had no employees uh, that have uh, contracted the disease, and so uh, we know that that's you know with that many people 
it's probably inevitable that we're yeah. going to have someone, but we just we're blessed every day that we don't. Yeah. Uh, so when you zone the building, uh, basically everything those employees would need uh, would be within that zone. So the the copiers, right. the printers, the restrooms, uh, they and, and including access in and out of the building, everything right. was in that zone. So your corporate headquarters was divided up into how many zones? Would you say? I think we had eleven zones. Wow. I believe that's uh, impressive. Uh, something, something to that effect, yeah. and. Uh, we even put snacks uh, for down in each one of the zones so that people had access to that as well. Hmm. That's great. Well, that's that's quite a plan. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of us three months ago uh, would, would if an employee came up and said, I want to work from home, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we probably would have said, well, find another job then, you know. And and uh, but this was something you had been thinking about. So now that nearly three months has passed, uh, what it. What's your take on remote remote working? I mean, is it something that you think makes your your company more productive? Uh, what, what's your take on it? Well, I, I definitely think it has made us in in some of our departments more productive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I could go into individual departments, but don't need to do that here. But yes, there are some of our areas that have that have actually uh, probably increased productivity a little bit. Uh, because of uh, maybe not having as many meetings uh, and able to do some things. Yet, you know, we have utilized, as everyone has, uh, Microsoft Teams we and Zoom uh, and all of those. And so, we, you know, we're meeting re- re- uh, kind of virtually, uh, and you kind of get in and out of those a little quicker maybe. Yep. Um, and so I think that that's helped through the process. Uh, but, you know, certainly there's some disadvantages with this, too. Um, you know, you kind of lose that uh, personal collaboration. Um, you, you you know, there's there's some of our, our jobs that we need to be kind of still there together, and that face-to-face is pretty important. So going forward, this will be certainly something, you know, we, when we had gone down this road before, it was working, people working from home a couple days a week or something like that. Uh, we will, you know, we'll have some folks that will stay home. And we're working through that with each department. We're letting each of our department heads kind of go through each one of their employees. There's certainly some that are that are struggling with small children at home and, 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 and having to try to work and figure that out. Uh, but some have turned that, in, you know, in a, into a, uh, just really a, a benefit, too, because they've been there with their families and, and all that. And so we're going to carefully go through that process. Uh, we've told everyone that uh, you know we got everybody out of the out of the building quickly for their safety, and we're going to bring everybody back safely. And it but it, it, and it'll be slowly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. kind of what we're doing right now. You know, as I've studied shelter insurance over the last twenty five years, you know, I know it's a great company to work for, and you guys pride yourselves on your culture, and you've been very intentional about making uh, shelter a great place to work. How has this affected culture? I think that's the big question that a lot of us have when when your employees don't have the daily interaction with with each other. Um, what type of impact does that take on on company culture? You know, I'm sure a little, but I will tell you just, I think, for some of the steps that we've taken to, for, you know, to get people out of the building, some of the things that we've done around our benefits programs and different things like that. And then uh, we've done some things that, uh, because of uh, the inconvenience of COVID, that from some of our vacation issues and some of those things, and we've tried to take some steps. I think culturally, I think our employees. Uh, understand that we're trying to do everything we can for them and how important they are and what an important resource they are. And so I hope that we haven't lost that at all. 
Uh, we've tried to stay in touch. We've been doing uh, myself and our and our senior management team. Uh, we've kind of we're on a cadence now of about every two weeks we do a live a Microsoft uh, live a Teams live event where we um, let people ask questions. Uh, we've done some things in our diversity and inclusion uh, as well as in our innovation portal where people have had opportunities to ask questions. Uh, and then we go in and being real proactive in getting those answered. Um, and so, you know, we've tried to maintain those communications. We've started, we've actually started this before, but we're doing podcasts uh, where we are kind of spotlight either an employee or a group uh, and some of the really great things that they are, they're doing or have done. And, and so, again, every way that we can to communicate uh, better and with our folks in this remote environment, we've tried to attack. And I think we've done a great job of that. Yeah. Um, but I think long term, you know, you have to think about that. And, you know, our, our culture is that we're a family. Uh, one of the things that we started, we had a branding campaign several years ago. And one of those things that came out of that that it still sticks with me is that, you know, we're a big company, but we don't want to act like one. And and that's who we are. Yeah. And so uh, we want to maintain that. That's really, really important to us. Uh, and that our, our our agents and our employees all have this family feel to it. Yeah. Let me shift gears for the last two minutes of this segment. I want to talk about Matt Moore and, and how you uh, how you made it to the the top of uh, uh, shelter insurance and and uh, talk a little bit about uh, in the next segment. We're going to talk about uh, the size of the company and sort of the product lines that you guys have expanded into in the last few years. But but how did Matt Moore get to the top of the company and how, where did you start? And and uh, I want to talk a little bit about your um, your background as an as an official, because uh, those of us who watch uh football on television have seen you on the fields wearing stripes and so right. uh, let's well, uh talk about that first if you don't mind well, how did i get to yeah. the top that's yeah. a great question fred <laughs> uh, I, I, I pinch myself every day i have been so blessed uh to work alongside just some great leaders that have um just given me opportunities to to do some things i started in 1983, so just after we had turned into shelter in Little Rock, Arkansas. So if you notice a little twang, mm-hmm. uh, I've still got a little bit of that, I think. People tell me that. But I started as a claims adjuster in Little Rock mm-hmm. and um, I just had opportunities to become a claims supervisor, branch manager, regional claims director. Uh, I led our efforts out into Nevada, which was one of the first states that we had gone into in over 30 years from an expansion standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so I worked in the marketing department doing that, came back to claims as a vice president of claims, um, and then into executive management and then into this role. So I really am blessed. Um, yeah. uh, and, and so it's, it's been a great run. Uh, every job I've had along the way, I've loved. Uh, and I'm love what I, I love what I'm doing today too. Yeah. When we come back from this break, I want to ask you about your time on the on the football field and and uh, uh, because I think that's an interesting part of your life that uh, you don't hear a lot of CEOs talk about. Uh, but uh, we'll continue our conversation uh, with Matt Moore, who is the CEO of Shelter Insurance, the president and CEO of Shelter Insurance Companies, and uh, we'll talk about some of the expansion uh, that Shelter has been doing, but also about their diversity and inclusion efforts, which I think you'll find very interesting. Stay with us as we uh, come back for segment two. This is the CEO Roundtable on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle.
Inside Columbia with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9, The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable. Glad to have you all with us this morning. As you know, if you tuned in for the first part of the show, we are visiting with the president and CEO of Shelter Insurance Companies, Matt Moore. And uh, one of the things I want to ask Matt about is his his role, uh, not related to shelter necessarily, but uh, your role as an official. Um, was it with the SEC or was it with Big 12? Tell us about your background in that area. Well, it was with the SEC, Fred, and okay. so uh, coming from, you know, as I mentioned in the first segment, I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, and so when Arkansas went into the SEC, that was kind of my path to have an opportunity to work major college football. I had started working peewee football uh, when I was in, even when in college, I played baseball, I actually played baseball in college mm-hmm. uh, for four years, but uh, my baseball coach was a football official, and and uh, so I had kind of gotten started. My dad had officiated, and and so just worked my way through the uh, up through the ranks uh, through uh, small college NAIA, and then in Division Two, uh, and then had an opportunity to go into the SEC uh, in 2000, or uh, that, yeah, I guess it was 2000. And um, about the time I was moving up here uh, was when I actually got into the league. Uh, I started as a side judge, and so. Um, uh, worked uh, in, on several different crews through that process, uh, and then in my last six years, I became a referee uh, and uh, really enjoyed my time, had my own crew uh, and did that, and I had an opportunity to work along great officials, other officials, uh, great coaches, uh, great players uh, in what I think is the finest football uh, conference in the United States, and uh, it was just a, a joy to have an opportunity to do that. And I retired. I came off the field. Um, there was just it had gotten to be too much to do my work at shelter as well as trying to manage that too. Uh, people don't understand that as a football official, it's it really is kind of a year long task. Uh, although you work in the fall during, which is the busiest time, but but all spring and summer, you are, there's still a lot of things that you're doing, and so. Um, you know, again, uh, it was a great advocation. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, I miss it. Um, and uh, but uh, it, you know, for me, it was time for me to hang it up. What was the most interesting thing you ever had thrown at you as a, as an official? <laughs> oh man! Uh, well, probably whiskey bottles and things. And uh, you know, I tell people really my favorite game, and people ask this question. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot this in there real uh-huh. quick. Was because uh, it kind of coincides with Missouri as well, was uh, when Missouri came into the league, so did Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had the opportunity to work Texas A&M's first game in the league. It was my first time to Kyle Field, and I was the referee in that game. The commissioner of the SEC uh, got to flip the coin. Uh, and so it was uh, Texas A&M in Florida at, at, at College Station. Uh, beautiful day, and uh, that was in the afternoon. I think that Missouri opened that night against Georgia here, and mm-hmm. I think the commissioner came up here too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but another noteworthy piece of that was that that was Johnny Manziel's first college football game. Oh wow! Okay, and uh, he huh. was a freshman, and they had they were supposed to have played in Shreveport 
the weekend before we had a hurricane, so they didn't get to play. And mm-hmm. uh, and so that was his first college game. And what a great game. Yeah. Uh, Florida ended up winning, but, but uh, A&M gave them all they wanted. Yeah, so. yeah, interesting. Well, that's great. Well, we'll shift back to your, your real <laughs> okay, job, your current job, and uh, back to Shelter. But so Shelter makes up, uh, uh, at last count, that I'm – you can correct me if I'm wrong here – 11 uh, unique operating companies. Uh, you um, – have a, a work you have a payroll here locally of 77 million dollars uh here just here in columbia missouri uh which is uh, an annual payroll which is pretty interesting but but talk about the different uh, operating companies that make up shelter insurance yeah you know the main ones are certainly shelter general what we call shelter general shelter mutual really uh and which is where most of our business uh, resides uh that is where we sell our different lines uh, you know, uh, auto is the the main carrier of that. We we uh, as far as the sheer numbers, but we also offer homeowners products, um, umbrella, uh, boat owners, motorcycles, uh, and just the uh, your personal line side of the house. We also have a commercial, a little bit of commercial uh, business and kind of mixed in there as well. We have a reinsurance company uh, that uh, a lot of people don't realize that, that sits here. Reinsurance simply re- is insurance for insurance companies. Mm-hmm. And Shelter Re is, uh, is, has, does a great job, and they, they actually operate in 60 countries around the world. And wow. so it's a way for us to spread out our risk, and we mainly write property ins- reinsurance uh, through that um, and, and just do a great job with that. Uh, we have uh, what we call, we created a company we call AmShield, mm-hmm. uh, which is, a, uh, it is really a kind of a focus with, most of our business is marketed through what we call captive agents, and, and they're kind of the heart of our company and what they do. We have over 1,400 uh, captive agents kind of in, in, out in our operating areas. But we decided to kind of go into new states that we went into the independent agent model uh, or market. And we did that with AmShield. So we started uh, in Arizona with them. We just opened up Oregon as well. Uh, and then we have a we have a subsidiary company we call Haulers, and it's not what it sounds like. It's actually a, an auto, I mean, just a simply, mostly a private passenger auto carrier. We, yeah. They're a we're local, they're kind of located down in Columbia, Tennessee, hmm. uh, and they market through independence. And so we're going to bridge the gap between those two, between Amshield and Haulers. Uh, we have a life company that sells uh, our life business. Um, and so those are the main, really the main aspects of our operating company. And I'm probably leaving someone out. You know, yeah. we have Shelter Enterprises, which we have real estate. We own the Shelter Office Plaza. Uh, and Broadway Shopping Center. A lot yeah. of people don't realize that uh, that we own uh, Which really, both of those. Which really looks those. great these days. I was driving through there a couple weeks ago, and, and you've redone you know the exteriors of the buildings, and everybody has their own signs and logos up. It looks great. I mean, it's a good-looking We have good really done a good job. Rick yeah. McVeigh, who is over our general services area, has done a fantastic job of that, managing yeah. all of that. And the Gerbs is the anchor for us over yeah. there. And some of the things that Gerbs has done with their – uh, you know, with their gas station and, and having the ability to, it, that is truly a community grocery store. And, um, and so it was really important as we were going through all of that, that, uh, that, you know, that we, that we're, they're a big part of our, 
organization over there. And so, yeah. and then it really our probably our largest tenant uh, at the at the office plaza is Williams Keepers. Yeah. So, yeah, and they're a great partner beautiful, as well. Beautiful building. Let me retrace our steps here a little bit because I want to talk about a, a couple of different things uh, that you mentioned. Uh, Hollers, by the way, is spelled H A U L E R S. And so you're from Little Rock, and, and this is in Tennessee. I want to make sure people know that they're <laughs> we're not talking about big, uh, you know, dips in the terrain. Uh, right. This is, and then uh, a captive agent. So a captive agent is, is uh, uh, somebody that uh, you see all around uh, the Midwest, uh, but a captive agent is, is simply a shelter insurance agent. They have the shelter brand hanging on the front of their office, and, and they primarily exclusively represent shelter insurance products. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. They're independent contractors, yeah. but yes, they do sell uh, pretty much exclusively for shelter. We do have another uh, one of our companies is called Daniel Boone Agencies, and they are a brokerage firm that allows our agents or gives our agents the ability to sell some products that either you know we don't offer uh, or uh, or maybe just uh, just in a different way. So. Uh, you know, DBA is a big, another big part of our organization, and it gives uh, our, our captive agents an outlet there to write some business that they couldn't write through us. Yeah. When you see the uh, uh, sort of the, the move towards the Geico's of the world and, and uh, the, you know, at, where everything is basically done online, um, that experience with a uh, – a personal insurance agent, someone that is a trained professional, uh, not a not an operator, not someone that you know answers the phone. Uh, it, it is uh, it's a different experience. Do you see that trend in the in the big insurance companies to move away from that that captive agent? You know, there's debates about that. Uh, to me, and this is just Matt Moore's personal opinion. I think that our captive agents are people want to, at some point in time in their life, they want to have someone that's going to, a professional that's going to take care of them. And that's the thing that we talk to our agents about all the time is if, you know, people, if you're given that service and you're, you know, calling an, uh, an insured once a year, not necessarily to sell anything, but just to make sure that something hasn't happened in their season of life that's changed and they have a need that, that and, and so I think that's so important, something that may not can be done on the direct piece. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I still believe, I, I heartily believe in our captive agents and what they do and what they bring to the table. I think there's a place, and we'll talk about that if you want, mm-hmm. uh, on the direct side. I yeah. do think there's a place to that, and I think that the trend, and you know, COVID uh, with, our, with the uh, pandemic has certainly shifted a little bit more focus oh, on yeah. that as people have sat at home and in front of their computers. Um, but I still think that captive agent is so important and critical. Let's talk about uh, a fairly new startup for you all, uh, Say Insurance, S-A-Y. Uh, and that's more of the direct-to-consumer auto insurance company. How's that gone so far, and, and where are you doing that? So it, you're right. And so that is kind of sits under our the umbrella of our Shelter General. We call that one of our company operating companies, and Say is the brand of that. But it is direct-to-consumer. We started that several years ago, uh, kind of diving into that. And so when you don't have an agent there, you have to see who that customer is through data. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, one of the things that we've done is try to build all of that out. We are 
Uh, we started in Illinois. We we are currently uh, in uh, five states. We are expanding this year into Indiana. Uh, so that's our footprint right now. There is uh, Tennessee, Missouri, Colorado, Illinois, and Kansas. Uh, and as far as how it's gone, it is um, it's 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 been a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Um, you it's just a continual look of how do you improve getting a better picture of who that that customer is that you're getting uh, underwriting is such an important part of writing a, a policy and and that underwriting is with the agent you have someone that is there and and again has it maybe has an understanding of the customer on the direct side you don't have that so uh, it's going well uh, it could it go better absolutely uh, we uh, mark stinson is our new vice president of what we call alternate channels uh, and uh, he is really kind of diving into that too and helping. But we've got a great team down there, and uh, that that are working to try to figure figure this out. How do, how do we go into this? We don't have the experience that your guy goes and 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 others have done, you know. And so we're we're learning as we go. But but I I am impressed with some of the things that they've done and continue to do, and and how they market that product. You market that totally different. Um, and then, then you do on the captive or even on the independent side. So, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm old fashioned. I know that, but, uh, you know, I, I'm getting older every day, aren't we all? But I, but it's one of those things where, you know, I want that personal attention from an agent. Sure. You know what I mean? I don't want to be on hold, uh, with somebody for 45 minutes on the phone. Uh, I want to, uh, I basically want to go do business with the the shelter agent that's uh, underwriting my kid's softball team, you know, and um, and it's, so it's one of those things that I, you know, and I keep thinking um, as the baby boomers continue to age, there's going to be more and more of a demand for that personal service, and and so I don't, I don't know, maybe that's uh, that's my hope too, yeah. and I think, but you know, when we one of the things that we talked about when when we were building this out is that we were not designing this for me and you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, the, not the target audience. Yeah. Because it's, there, there is about, yeah. you know, the stats will tell you that there's probably about 30 to 35% of the buying public that wants to shop online. They yeah. don't want to deal with an agent. But yeah. I still think sometime in their life they will have that, that need. Yeah. Um, we've got just a little over a minute left, but I want to talk about this beautiful new building that is, uh, if you drive down Ash Street, uh, is uh, your new North Campus facility, and, and maybe you've named it something else uh, by now, but but uh, talk about that building. Uh, what what can we expect to see from inside that building soon? Uh, soon? <laughs> well, <laughs> and we'll probably talk a little bit about um, – Maybe in our next segment here about how what we're doing about coming back, but um, and so until we get back, you know, it's 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 really pretty vacant yeah. uh, because those departments are still kind of out. But it will house mainly. We the, a big part of that is our is our warehouse, uh, which we're gonna that we have an old warehouse back there where we I mean we have a lot of supplies that come through here that we ship out yep. to all of our operating area, and so we will shift that uh, our the, the operations of our old warehouse over to this new one all right well, let's, we will tear let's that save old that warehouse for, down okay well let's save that for the next segment uh-huh. i, I want to i want to give it more time because it's important uh, uh it's a big development we are visiting with matt moore who is the president and ceo of shelter insurance companies we'll be back after this on hot talk 93.9 He's breaking down what's going on inside Columbia. It's Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. 
And welcome back to the final segment of the CEO Roundtable Show. Good Saturday morning to you all. If you have been listening to the previous two segments, you know that I'm interviewing Matt Moore, who is the president and CEO of Shelter Insurance Companies. And Shelter has such a great heritage uh, in this community and, and does so many things for this community. But we were uh, in the middle of talking about this brand new building that is, uh, it's 100,000 square feet. Uh, I would guess it's close to 40 million. Is that what you're spending on that? Do you know? I think that's about right. Yeah, yeah. good. And uh, the the really cool thing is that you used a local contractor to build that building, Coil Construction. Uh, so those dollars are staying in this community and and turning over and over. And and you know a lot of uh, folks who build buildings that big don't always go with a local contractor. So thank you for doing that. Um, this is um, this is an exciting development for the company. So a big chunk of the warehouse of uh, the building is going to be uh, for storage. Uh, what else are you doing with, with the building? Well, we have um, so we have a doc services area, document services area that will move over there, which we do a lot of our own printing uh, and and different things like that. And so they have they'll have a, a, a an area to them uh, for them. Uh, we, our investments department, our accounting department, shelter reinsurance will all move over there and into new uh, new location. And then we have a Columbia Claims Office that's on Ash Street. Uh, if you go across the street over there from Shelter Gardens, there's a building there and. It has uh, really gotten long in the tooth, and Mm -hmm. it was time for us to do something with that building. And so we're going to actually move our Columbia Claims branch over into this new facility as well. And then we still haven't decided quite yet what we're going to do with that building on Ash Street. It's a nice property, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so, you know, uh, we'll kind of walk down that path a little bit later. But uh, so that's the main uh, departments that will be housed over there. We also have our uh, information services area. We'll have a... Uh, component of that as as well in that area. So it's beautiful. Uh, we, you know, it's just a shame that what has happened that we couldn't just immediately move in because we're ready. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're hoping to get back soon. It's and it's a beautiful, beautiful building. When you see the changes taking place in in your business, and I know that this decision to build this this building was made a few years back, but. Is that a tough decision uh, to invest in bricks and mortar uh, that way? You see so many companies sort of doing the opposite. But, you know, as a as a as a community leader here in Columbia, I look at it and say, wow, Shelter's making an investment in our community. And and not only is it, you know, those dollars, the 40 million dollars turning over and over in our community, but but that means they're going to continue hiring and, and employing a lot of people in our community. So is that a tough decision to to make a brick and mortar investment like that? Well, you know, certainly uh, back when we made those decisions, we were really, I mean, we were busting at the seams. And and so as we were going through that, I mean, we were just out of room. And as we've grown this company, um, we needed space. And, And so while we built this building, you know, you think this great big building back there, uh, you, you think about the Columbia Claims branch is going to go away. The warehouse is going to go away. And so we're not really adding just, I mean, uh, just a ton of square foot. I mean, 100,000 square feet, but some of that will be taken by some existing buildings that will that will go away. So, um, you know, we, we had to, we just felt like that we had to do that. And so, you know, no, the decision was not tough. I will tell you now uh, with what has happened with uh, COVID and the uh, the remote work piece, uh, it's gonna you know it, it's gonna really I think we're we're well positioned for the future. Let mm-hmm. me say that yeah uh, that as we grow, we'll still have you know we'll have plenty of space. Uh, 
but um, you know our building here is uh, our, our existing building we occupied it I think in 1956 and so uh, it it has some things that needs to be done and so when we clear some of our departments out we'll be able to to do some work and kind of uh, it's going to give us an opportunity to do that and just again prepare for the future but you're right it, it is a reinvestment back into our community and, and coal has been a great partner uh, and so we've really valued that relationship too and uh, we're just excited to, to kind of get in get in yeah. over there it's a great looking building you know a lot of uh, uh businesses will put a nice facade on the building and then put uh uh vinyl or steel siding down the sides but you are brick and and uh stone all the way around this building and and uh it looks uh it looks like a beautiful building it really yeah, does we're, we're proud of that yeah yes um i want to talk a little bit about your investment in the local community and and uh I, you've you have this uh slogan that i know pops up on everybody's computer screens uh uh company motto do the right thing um you want to talk for a minute about that Sure. So we have what we call our four legs of the stool, and that's really what the motto is. And the one, first one is that we sell insurance. Number two, we want to provide outstanding customer service. And we've done that. We've won the J.D. Power Awards three out of the last four years for the Central Region for Auto. Uh, and that is, that's impressive. And, you know, that's, that's the work of, and I don't mean that egotistically, I mean that's the work of our agents and our claims folks and, and all of our support staff. Everybody plays in that. And so, uh, customer service is huge to us. We've got to do that. That's what sets you apart. The third one is being a great corporate citizen. We want to do that. And the fourth thing just says do the right thing. And and for us, that just means simply that as we are dealing in everything that we do, we've got to keep that customer in mind, That our entire customer base. So, so you know, doing the right thing means doing the right thing for our policyholders, uh, for our employees, uh, on a whole. I mean, that's just the important part of that. And so, yeah, we, I think that we've done a great job of getting that, that motto out. Uh, and it's, it's not just something that we say, it's something that we do. Yeah. Well, of course, we got to mention the shelter gardens. And, and of course, anybody that has uh, raised children in this community, you know, there's a lot of, uh, marriages that take place in shelter gardens, uh, weddings that take place, uh, uh, Boy, when it comes prom time in Columbia, Missouri, uh, there's a traffic, <laughs> uh, backup at shelter insurance because everybody wants to have their photos taken at shelter insurance. Uh, a lot of family photos, uh, taken there in the gardens, but, uh, uh, talk about that investment in the gardens. Yeah, well, that and the fountain, too. I mean, yeah. you know, we've tried to do some things just to give back to our community, and uh, that's so important. And there's other ways that we give back to, Fred. You know, we, we, we are big into the United Way piece. Last year, giving over $300,000 to that through our employee-led uh, campaign, uh, we we had a goal of 200, and we raised mm-hmm. over 300. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got our partners in education that we're we partner with West Middle School. We've had that partnership for a long time. We're involved with Max Scholars. Uh, we have a shelter cares committee that we do you know volunteer efforts around our community. Um, with uh, through the either through the food bank or just so many different areas that we can do and and our employees do that i mean yeah. that's not that's not us uh, that's i mean it's it's our it's our, just our group of employees that that have that servant's heart which is so important yeah. to, any, to, you know giving back any idea how many uh, hours your employees volunteer on an average year you know, I, it's it's a bunch. Yeah. Okay. That, uh, I yeah. Could, I know that I've seen some estimates of that. And, yeah. And so not yeah. a problem. I, I've seen, I think I've seen your annual report. It's an impressive <laughs> yeah, number. It, it, it's it an, is. It's an impressive yeah. number. Um, 
let me uh, let me shift gears. Well, I want to mention one other thing. Uh, you have encouraged your employees to be involved in the community. This week, uh, in the news, one of your employees was elected to the school board. Yeah. Uh, actually, was a top vote getter, uh, a gentleman by the name of Chris Horn, who I had the pleasure of meeting and and uh, supporting. But you know, uh, a great guy and uh, someone who's going to really give back a lot to our community. You can just tell. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Chris is Chris is a great guy. He works in our reinsurance operation and uh, has been with our company now for a while. He he kind of started and then he left us for a little bit to kind of go into law enforcement and yeah. uh, then came <laughs> back. And he is a great guy with a humble heart. Yeah. And he's going to do great. So proud to see him yeah. win. And then, of course, uh, Matt Pitzer yeah. is all in our investment area and he's one of our city councilmen. And so we have encouraged that. I, mean, I think that's important that you you get plugged into your community and and do those types of things where we can. We've got in some of our agents, we've got an agent in Oklahoma that's one of our uh, state senator over there. Mm-hmm. We've got an agent in Kentucky that's a state senator, and and so yeah, we have we have encouraged that. Yeah, uh, I want to. This is probably the most important part of the show because of, the, of everything that's been in the news headlines the uh, the last few weeks. But I want to talk about shelters, uh, diversity, and inclusion efforts. Uh, give us a little bit of background and, and tell us what's involved. Well, so, you know, it has been in the news, and it, it was a tragic situation that happened in Minnesota. Uh, and, uh, you know, it just just tragic is the only way to describe it. And and so, um, you know, shelter, one of the things that we continue to talk about is that our efforts don't just, are not just something that we put on paper and say, hey, here's here's something. It's really trying to do, build around actions and things that we can do to make changes. And so shelter has done that, and we've got a rich history of that. Matter of fact, we've had a diversity intern program uh, for over 37 years. Uh, that wow. and, and so, you know, this is not new. And mm-hmm. uh, matter of fact, this week, uh, we had our, our, uh, uh, our next uh, kind of group that were coming into the office just for just a quick one day onboarding. And we practice social distancing and mask and all those things. But and then, you know, we've and then they will they're going to be working remote this year. It's going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it was just a great group of people, and we're just so excited about that. We we shifted gears. We had a uh, in our human resources area. We actually named Stacy Smith uh, this past year as our director of inclusion and engagement. She had been really involved in that and and has a heart for that. Very involved in our community. Uh, we named Macy Peterman. She was already kind of our director of diversity, our manager of diversity, uh, and so she became diverse a manager of, of inclusion and engagement too. Uh, and so we've tried to do things to get involved in the community. Uh, you know, I already mentioned a little bit some of the things that we do with Mac Scholars, uh, with our uh, some of the things that we do around our scholarship program. Uh, but uh, you know, we want to continue to to engage uh, and and be a try to be a force for change where we can and, can, and things that we can do to help. Yeah. Um, and it's not so, just the it's. You know, it's kind of interesting. It's not just the right thing to do, but you actually see your company become a better company. I mean, it's real. There's there's some really tangible benefits that come with building a, a culturally sensitive and a diverse workforce. Uh, have you seen that over the years at Shelter? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you you uh, you, you are a healthier company mm-hmm. when you have a diverse uh, set of eyes and ideas uh, that are that are kind of contributing to the things and decisions that you do. Uh, we, you know, we have employee resource groups over here that uh, that that are in the different diverse areas, and those are important. 
one of the things that we're getting ready to do with some of the things that have happened here recently is Stacy is going to lead an effort to do some uh, employee-led or some uh, really her and Macy and others are going to lead some discussion, just some open dialogue to where we can talk through and and share our feelings about all the things that are going on and how we can, what we can do to make things better. Uh, that's just, again, a critical part of that um, going forward. Just, you know, what can we do with actions, not just words, but actions? Yeah. And that's, that's critical. Yeah. You really have to be intentional. But, uh, Matt Moore, we appreciate uh, the time that you have spent with us this morning. Uh, it's uh, You're doing a wonderful job at Shelter, and, and, and thank you just for the, the generosity of Shelter Insurance back to this community. Columbia is a, and Boone County is a much better place to live because Shelter Insurance has their world headquarters here. But uh, thank you for your leadership and, and uh, for all that you give back to our community. We appreciate that. Well, thank you, Fred. I appreciate appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Good to spend time with you. Thank you all for tuning in to the CEO Roundtable. This is Fred Perry. I'll see you back next Saturday morning on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. This city is my city and I love it. Yeah, I love it.